All right, everyone, and welcome. It's another Tuesday. I'm your host, Damian Dean. Welcome to the parlay. A lot of new individuals that are joining us today. We're probably going to have some others that are joining us as well as the uh, evening progresses. Uh, this happens every Tuesday, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And um, we're, we're just so glad to have everybody. We are recording now, so, uh, you know, smile through the camera. Make sure you're looking good. <laughs> Um, just a little uh, housekeeping rules as well uh, on the actual parlay. Um, just want to run by. So please feel free to use the chat box there to send private messages to individuals within the parlay. Uh, if you want to network with somebody or send something to everyone, you can do so. Private message or send to everyone as well. Uh, we have V Ingerman. She's part of our team as well. She'll be responding to a lot of the uh, chat messages and uh, responding back to individuals as we go. Ricardo Garcia, my business partner, is also on as well. Welcome, Ricardo. Hope you guys are doing well. Uh, for those of you that are brand new to uh, the Parlay Network, please feel free to follow us uh, on social at uh, parlayallday.com. And um, I'm sure V, she'll put that inside the uh, chat as well for us. So parlayallday.com is our website. Uh, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, um, social media, LinkedIn, everything as well. So please make sure you do that. That's the best way to keep in contact with us as well. We do have a, a Parlay podcast that just launched. I'm super excited about, uh, and many of uh, individuals that are on the call uh, or on this Parlay are going to be on the actual podcast as well. Um, so please feel free to pass the word. Ricardo Garcia is over that as well. Just some uh, housekeeping uh, rules here for the, for the Parlay. Um, we expect everyone's responses to be clean and professional. Um, and for everyone who attends a parlay session, whether it's your first time or you attend every week or once a month, we do consider you a member of the parlay network. So we're, we're glad to have you and feel free to pass the word. Tonight's parlay is going to be very interesting. When my business partner Ricardo told me about the, the topic, I was like, wow. Oh, okay. Okay. So it's uh, nature versus nurture. And uh, I'm going to have Ricardo to kind of give a give an intro to this as well. Um, it's, it's been a talk, I guess, across the nation. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm gonna also going to respond to how what I think about nature versus nurture uh, as well. But Ricardo, go ahead and uh, introduce this topic of nature versus nurture to the parlay. Hey, everybody. Well, that's the old debate, you know, is what we do based on our nature or, or the way we're raised. And in my personal opinion, I think our needs are based on nature. How we go about it, it's based on nurture. So it sounds like a cop out, but it's really the way I see it is, you know, I think we're more irrational than than we think we are. We like to think of ourselves as, as, you know, as humans, we like to think of ourselves as being rational, but we do a lot of irrational things. And it's just based on just our instincts. Um, I was reading a book and they were talking about dogs and they were talking about like behaviors that dogs make and why, you know, why they behave in a certain way. And so they were talking about their evolutionary needs, you know, the way they sleep, they want to sleep right next to you. It's because, you know, their ancestors, the wolves, um, they sleep in packs because that's for protection. So although right now, you know, they don't need protection, it's still in their instinct. So if you think about humans, why we want to pursue careers, why, why we want to, you know, work for status is because of our instinctual needs for survival. You know, it's, it's like a hierarchy, you know, the, the only, the, only the fittest survive. And so that's the reason why, you know, biologically, we just want that. We just want that success for that reason. And even if you think about like dating, like people always ask like, why do women like men who are financially stable? Well, it's not that they're gold diggers, you know, it's because it's their evolutionary need for, uh, you know, for to have somebody who's gonna be protective and to provide. Um, now society has gotten in the way of that a little bit. Uh, and that's not a bad thing. Uh, but that, that, that would explain, you know, why we, you know, do it the way that we do it. It's because of, 
of those instinctual needs. That's that's my opinion. <laughs> okay, and, and I'm gonna jump in and, and basically, so how this works, everyone, I know we have 15 individuals in the parlay right now. Um, so if you do wanna respond, uh, simply go down to the reactions button and you can raise your hand, I'll see it. Uh, it'll actually show up blue to me, probably show up blue to you as well, but then I'll know uh, that, you, that you wanna say something and you wanna respond. Um, so I'm going to come from, from a different angle here. And that's why I love the parlay. Um, and so I'm going based on what I know and, and, and how I've been trained and raised my entire life. I feel that, you know, some individuals feel that the world came about from the big bang theory, which I disagree with. I feel that God created heaven and earth. Um, and that's where I stick to. And I feel that all of our, who we are, as far as what strengths we have, what abilities we have, what our weaknesses are, all come from God, you know, in actuality. Um, and I mean, scriptures, I mean, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm deep on Pro Proverbs 9, 10. Um, you know, the fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom, knowledge of the Holy One, results in good judgment so you know and, and this is why this parlay is, is going to be so interesting because i want to see what other individuals beliefs are out there and, and what how they how they're raised and how they feel certain character characteristics come about uh for certain individuals well, um, let me let, let me just say like the, the counter to that would be you know looking from the other perspective is why you know why do we have like separate religions why do we have like, is because, you know, there's an instinctual you know, tribalism, you know, why do we, why do, why do people want to identify as liberal or conservative or Democrat? It's because of tribalism. We just, and it's just an instinctual need because you want to belong to a certain, certain thing, whether it's a political party, a right. different faith, and there's just the need for that. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 definitely, definitely. Uh, Tony Bodie, I see you raising your hand. Welcome to the parlay. Go ahead. I tried not to go first. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, Tony. It's okay. Welcome to the parlay, everybody. It's good to see uh, some familiar faces and some new ones as well. Again, I'm Tony Boldy. Um, we've had some hot topics. This one definitely could, could get real hot as well. Um, so I'll start slow, but uh, everyone knows PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. We okay. see that in an environment such as war or violence, we see the inner city kids versus uh, people at Beverly Hills, we say from, you know, Yales to jail, from park bench to park place, right? Your environment does, we've noticed if you watch people, it does um, kind of manipulate your growth. We have three kids that are 17, so triplets. Each one is on a different path, raised in the same environment as kids. Two are in Texas and one's here in Hollywood. The girl that's here in Hollywood the second we brought her to Hollywood four years ago, her life took a drastic turn because she started hanging with Valley girls and California girls versus Texas girls. And we noticed her personality changed dramatically. So that's the environment. So what we did is we tried to nurture, we nurtured her so that she wouldn't run from us as parents, right? And she would listen to our wisdom and then use her own new judgment, her new experience and her new friends and tried to come up with her own solution. But when we tried to tell her what to do and punish her, she rebelled. And then she went deeper and deeper and deeper into the valley. And we started catching her at 15 and 16, hanging out downtown LA, where I don't want to be at night. She was down taking an Uber by herself to go to some party on some parking lot structure, not knowing anybody, but she read about it on some social media site. But her other triplet, her brother, is now a firefighter. He's enrolled in an Ivy League program. He's focused and it's, it's something about Texas in him. And then we've got the middle child who was kind of torn between both and she ended up finding her love was cooking. So I watched three triplets have three different paths and one of them dramatically changed the second she got to LA. So take it for what it is, her environment changed her. It dramatically changed her. Is that nature, is that nurture? So I just want to throw that out as an open topic. I like that. I like that. Thank you, Tony, for that as well. 
Um, others, others, what, what are your, what are your thoughts on this here? Uh, welcome Ruth to the, uh, parlay and, uh, see other ones, uh, coming in as well. Any others on this one? Everybody's real quiet right now. Everybody's real quiet. It's in their nature, man. Okay. Well, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm, okay. I, see <laughs> I, I, I see Ruth. I knew it. I knew it. So, um, I actually agree. Uh, with the last speaker that you are a product of your environment. Um, and then I know you said uh, something about religion. Uh, there's a difference between religion and spirituality. So I may not so much agree with religion because at the end of the day, it's so many different forms. And growing up seven day at Venice, and then as an adult, uh, recreating my relationship with God at 28, and, um, and I wound up going to a Baptist church, you know, I realized that spirituality is creating a bond with you and, and God. And, and I learned, I actually studied the Bible, studied it so much and learned so much and everything that I learned made me a better person. And it made me realize that religion, they put religion, different religious groups, put so many different stipulations on you. Growing up at Seventh-day Adventist, sundown on Friday to sundown on Saturday, not being able to eat, you know, the things that I thought I wanted to eat, if it had anything in it that had swine or anything, like we had vegetarian lunch meat, vegetarian burgers, like everything, you know, it was like so strict and we couldn't wear makeup. I love makeup now, you know what I mean? Like it yeah. is, I feel religion, it becomes like rules and it's not individual. So I wanted to like, just touch a little bit on that. Okay. Um, that's why I think building a relationship between you and God, praying. Um, and even with the Bible, I believe there's a lot of truth in there, but I also feel like um, there's so many different versions that have been turned over and turned over and turned over. You know what I mean? But I also believe that there's a lot of great things in there to help you be a better person. Right. Now with the product of your environment, so true, could so relate. Um, I was a single mom of two sons, um, um, was raised in basically half of my life in Chicago, half of my life in Cincinnati. Um, my sons was raising my sons in Cincinnati. And then I visited Arizona and the, the environment in Cincinnati, always being a person that worked since I was 15, always kept a nice roof over their head and a home is where the heart is. It's not necessarily where you live, it's how you create what's inside of that structure, right? Yeah. But they would go to the corner store and people would be hustling at the door, even though we lived in an, a nice neighborhood, but they couldn't go around the corner and they would see something different. So I was like, I don't wanna raise young black men, cause that's what I did. I raised young black men and what they are doing today is phenomenal, but um, I, I took them away from that. And I was like, this is more quiet. Arizona, if you want to be hood or whatever, you got to go to the hood. I felt, this is what I feel about Arizona because it's totally different than how I, um, you know, where I come from, right? Right. right. And, um, and it totally changed their lives. And one day, my 14-year-old son, which is my eldest son, now 28, he said, mama, you changed my life. I started them in football in Cincinnati, Ohio at five years old. I did get them into sports. It's a good structure. It's good discipline. You know what I mean? Um, but he told me, he said, mom, you changed my life. And I didn't understand. I'm like, what are you talking about, boy? Right? Yeah. He's like, mom, if I would have stayed in Cincinnati, I don't know if I would be able to like do what I'm doing right now. Right, right. Because yeah. you are a part of your environment. Having yeah. cousins, you know, uh, family members that are hustlers. Right. And, right. and, you know, even though you think your children aren't seeing it, they're probably seeing it. Right. You know, and- And I do agree with that too, that, that you are a product of your environment uh, as, as well. I mean, I, my, my parents, uh, you know, I'm from the Orange County area, you know, I mean, we used to live in Corona Hills and we, we moved to Orange County and, you know, so um, my father used to tell me about association brings about assimilation. So, you know, you want to be in places like a Starbucks in Malibu, you know, and, and, right. and work there. So individuals that come and sit down at that Starbucks most likely live around Malibu and probably, you know, have a successful career. 
So yeah, I, I definitely. Right. Yeah. I do believe that bringing them here truly changed their life. Not only did it give them diversity because we were more in urban areas. So it was like, I only see my culture for the most part. Right. Um, not only did it give them diversity, which is very, very important, right? Because you got to be able to know different cultures, navigate in different environments, but also, you know, it gave them a sense of I can focus on what I love to do and my education to become somebody. Now, my son, my oldest son is an entrepreneur. Right. You know, and he works for a state farm in the tech department, got four degrees. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. Excellent husband, excellent father. You know what I mean? So I do believe that you are a part of the environment. I think that if I didn't bring them out of that environment, I think that, so I truly agree with, and it's also choices. I wanted to throw that in, um, just piggybacking off the last speaker. Um, It's also choices because they can make choices. You know what I mean? Um, And the choices you make can change your your outlook or your outcome on what you're doing with your life. But Definitely. it's so many different aspects to it. It's so hard to touch them all in, nah. in, in one session. Yeah, and I appreciate you, Ruth. Thank you for that. Amika, I see you raising your hand. Go ahead, my brother. All right, took me a while to find a, find a finger <laughs> on the hand. <laughs> it's okay, it's okay. Um, how's everybody doing? Happy uh, Tuesday. Definitely. Um, Roots, uh, we have something in common. I grew up as Seventh-day Adventist too. Um, and I do have to give shout out to them for who I became because it just kind of gave me that, which is what we're talking about. It gave me that foundation that I needed um, to understand balance, you know? Um, and that's what I got from it. So in, in any situation, you can put two different people in the same situation and they will get two different things. Um, so for me, it's just, it was about getting that balance. Like, hey, don't eat bad. And if you eat bad, you don't exercise to, you know, to counter for it. I don't go to church as much as I should, but I still don't eat like pork and over drink and things like that. So, um, but for me, I think it's, it's, your environment does play a big role. Like I grew up in Africa where, you know, the, it truly takes a community to raise a kid there. Uh, because any parent on the street can whoop you from doing anything bad and your parents will not question them, you know. Um, you would actually beg them not to tell your parents because you know you, you, know you get another whooping. Um, so it was like everybody was watching you. So they, it kind of instilled that fear and, and it gave me like, a, like almost like a blueprint from a childhood we are even now, I, I always feel like somebody's always watching me. Yeah. So there are some things that I want to do. I'm like, ah, maybe that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think having that, you know, especially for kids as they grow up and having a stable environment for them to grow. And I think that's where nurture plays a bigger, I mean, like the environment plays a bigger role. Yeah. Um, and the other part of it is just instinct and genetics and all of those things. So you're always going to have that as part of you know, like Ricardo said, as part of your being, you're always going to have those instinctual, like, things that you want to do, like, you want to do this because your ancestors did X, Y, Z, but your environment just kind of gave you that blueprint and the guideline on, you know, um, how to survive, how to live, and how to treat others. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's, that's, that's fantastic. I mean, surrounding yourself around people that are successful um, Mm -hmm. definitely can play a huge part um, in, in one's life. Uh, Chris, I see you raising your hand. Welcome to the parlay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I could say like situations for both would apply. So for nature and furniture, for instance, um, you know, for nature, um, it could be high genetic wise, you know, if your parents were, you know, athletically, um, really good at, sorry, really good at athletically, uh, inclined, then you would be too potentially, um, you know, if they were good in musicals, maybe you'd be good in musicals, but it kind of doesn't matter what you do with that. So, you know, say both my parents were six feet and five inches and good at basketball. Um, and I was, you know, five years old uh, playing basketball. It's up to me if, you know, I would be good at it or not. So some things do come in nature, but the nurture comes with what you do from that, with that. 
Um, also, um, I was raised here in Huntington, Newport Beach. So kind of being around this people of environment, the same people, a lot of the people are like very similar um, in good ways and bad ways, but they're very similar. Um, so kind of, you know, always leaving the region kind of reminds me that really who you surround yourself with is who you're going to be. Um, and everywhere possible, whether it's, you know, um, getting a job or even the group you hang out with, whoever you're with, they do shape who you are. So I would say that definitely nurture would override nature in most situations. Gotcha. Love it, Chris. Love it. Love it. Pre pre appreciate your response. Others, others on this one. Can I piggyback off Chris? Oh, yeah. Go, 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 go ahead, Ruth. Go ahead. Chris, that is so incredible. And like, we should really teach our descendants um, that, you know, the people that you surround yourself by, uh, by they actually influence you. Um, I remember starting personal development with myself and then I got into this group um, that we call our fit family. You know, we do a lot of healthy things, right? Um, healthy foods, exercising. And they made me just dig a lot deeper because they were like striving to just be better people and striving to give back to the community. And it made me dig a little deeper because at first I thought it was about me being better, but then I realized me being better reflected out to so many other people, just like those people reflected to me. So that is phenomenal what you just said. Yeah, it's great stuff, great stuff. I, I, I have a question. I want to throw a mix in the parlay. So, and I'm noticing that it's kind of floating around the parlay that um, who you surround yourself with definitely has uh, a strong influence on, you know, where you go in life. Um, so how about we flip it? What about if you surrounded yourself with individuals who weren't up to par? weren't up to high caliber what are your what are your thoughts on that is that is that a positive type thing um or do you have to be a certain have a certain strength inside of you in order to make that change and say you know what i know that i can actually make a tidal wave here so 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 who has like been in that kind of a situation in order to to place themselves in that kind of situation to make a change to others that might not be at a high quality or higher standard than what they're trying to get to? You know, um, this is where I think it is significant with that question, because my thoughts were I was going to chime in. I know Coach Ruth had, uh, had shared on what Chris was saying. But this becomes a matter of can you make a bad situation good? And you know, I had an opportunity to come out of corporate America and surround myself with individuals that were on the streets, prostituting, pimping, drug dealing. I'm coming from a, you know, three college degrees, uh, corporate background. And the question becomes, can you make a bad situation good based on the knowledge and experiences you've obtained? What do you do with what you've achieved, I think becomes a matter of nature versus nurture. And where we oftentimes, um, I believe, do more talking than doing is being around good situation. Okay, you go to Orange County, you go to um, Encino, you go to um, you know, Pacific Palisades, wherever you may go. But the question is, do you go back to affect change? Wow. So the question is, who becomes the nurturer and who becomes the natural? Wow. Uh, and, and, I, and I don't know how often that is basically replicated. Um, you know, I've worked with individuals that have come from incarcerated and will compete with any college graduate in this country um, because of how they were able to um, find somebody who believed in them improving their situation. And so I think that becomes a matter of, you know, what do we do with the resources and the assets that do leave a community? And how does that go back to 
getting some folks and bringing them along with them uh, if their situation is not good, as you as you mentioned. I love that, Terry. Thank you, thank you, and welcome to the parlay, Terry. It's, it's a pleasure to have you as well. So I see I, I see uh, Robert Alexander raising your hand. Robert, go ahead, Robert. Parlay. Hey, hey, everybody. Sorry, I'm in the car. Um, yeah, great topic. I love it. Um, first thing I'd have to say is, you know, I'll just piggyback on everybody's uh, point about environment. You know, I grew up in L.A., um, you know, all my life. I've seen, uh, I've seen, you know, from the, the, the street level to the, to the being in a room with, you know, 12 or 4 billionaires in a room. And what I learned from seeing the, from the hood to different things in life, it's all what you're exposed to. You know, if you're exposed to things, that's the first thing. That makes a difference. But to your point, <clears throat> flipping it, seeing when you're the you're the leader trying to inspire people to be more. Um, I think some of that stuff comes from, you know, family structure. It's kind of what you're told. If you believe in things that your parents tell you to be better and do more for your yourself, then you know, you won't be so pessimistic. We live in a world of either you're optimistic or pessimistic, just like start making things real simplify. You know, some people, you tell them, hey, we can do this. We can make the city better. You know, oh, no, we can't. I don't see how, you know, it's this, that. So you got to so you got to flip it and get optimistic people. They got to influence more pessimistic people. And pessimistic people have to have a, a ability to, to change it, you know, and be a little open-minded. Then the other aspect is this, you know, we talk about our communities. I mean, you know, you look at our, I look at things in generations, always have. I take the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, 90s, and I start crunching numbers and start crunching concepts that existed. Most not, in, in, in the, con, where we live now in the world, most people barely care about their community, opposed to how things were in the 60s and the 70s, where it was all about your community. It was all about taking care of where you came from let alone right now, some people barely care about America as a country in itself. So, you know, you, you're losing buying power of people even caring about their community because things have changed in our, in our country over the last generations. People just have lost that connection to the community. And then the, the ones that make it out the ghetto and get rich and successful, you know, it becomes a fight or flight thing. It's like, hey, I'm going to, I got to protect me and my family. I can't, worry about going to the hood and getting shot at a, at a store trying to be, you know, Martin Luther King. Hey, matter of fact, Martin Luther King was shot doing right. So, you know, you gotta, we live in a world where I think, you know, it's definitely nurture for me at this point in life, but you can't be pessimistic and you have to be putting it in God's hand and you have to be a believer of some sort. I don't believe in religion. I believe in spirituality. And I think rules are good, which religion will offer because it gives you a format to follow. But I don't think, you know, you need to be running around here like fighting with Catholics and Presbyterians because of what they believe in. It's just like, hey, as long as you have spirituality, I think that's going to be the gas to keep you going. Gotcha. Appreciate you, Robert, as well. Johnice, welcome to the parlay. I see you raising your hand. Go ahead, Johnice. I'm going to piggyback on Robert. And this is so true, spirituality because people do wanna be pessimistic with their specific religion. So I used to work with high-risk teens where that the Native Americans, I'm, I'm gonna to come to where I'm at now in Arizona because I was raised in Cincinnati. We moved to um, Chicago. I moved to Michigan. Then uh, the job brought me back here to Arizona. Well, it took me to California, then it took me to Arizona. And this is where I stayed. So I worked with high-risk teens that had no kind of structure, no kind of nurturing. So I was able to, because of the nurturing and the um, training I got from my mother and father to be the best I could be in anything and everything I did. So my marriage didn't work, but I raised two strong women and one strong male to learn to understand that you do have to nurture your children and you... I can't, and like you said, Robert, back in the 60s and 70s, your neighbors were able to help out your parents where we looked out for each other. Now they're at a point where that you're afraid to look at your neighbor because of the way society has evolved. Right. So, but I can tell you this, the teens that I touched in the native community, Hispanic community, African-American community, Caucasian community, they reach out to me to this day when they're, they're struggling, 
and trying to stay on track and I'm able to lead them on back to the right path. Thank with the help of God, of course, because I do, I do, I am spiritual and I, I still have my um, natural, you know, African-American street stuff where you can make it into something positive and not always look at it negative. Yeah, yeah, no, that's great. Yeah, and I, I, I appreciate you, Johnny's. Ricardo, I see you raise your hand. Go, go ahead, Ricardo. Yeah, I was just gonna say that I just wanted to make a distinction like of as far as like what I believe to be true is that when I said that nature wins, you know, we, we often hear like, you know, these phrases, oh, you're, you're wired in a certain way, or it's not in our nature to do this. It is because I think nature controls like our emotions, controls like our needs and nurture, you know, controls or dominates how we go about it. You know, each child that is born is for the most part, egocentric, you know, they are emotional, they're irrational, and it is up to how they they get nurtured, whether they can, you know, learn how to behave, you know, based on the standard of society. Uh, I, I do think nurture plays a part in your character, you know, how you were raised, you know, who you were, you know, who did you have around, that's built your character. But as far as like your needs, your emotions, that's all dictated by nature. Um, you know, you're a Christian man, um, and that that has a lot to do with your upbringing. Uh, would you have been a Christian if you would have been raised in Afghanistan? Probably not. You know, I'm a Lakers fan. Would I be a Lakers fan if I was if I'd been you know raised in Boston? Probably not. And so, so nurture does play a part, you know, the environment plays a role and, and, and a lot of aspects, uh, the environment actually changes nature. Like, you know, there's, uh, I read that in Africa, there's already people that are born immune to HIV. And that's an example of nature reacting to the environment. Uh, if you believe in the theory of evolution, then you're going to see a lot of that. Then you have to acknowledge that the environment affects nature. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, okay. It's a good, it's a good point. Good point. Hey, the parlay, the parlay. Uh, Chris, I saw you raising your hand. Did you still want want, want to respond? Um, I'll have something pretty quick and kind of to say go off what Ricardo was saying. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, you know, wherever you're raised or you know you were you grew up, uh, definitely would kind of shape who you are. For instance, like I was you know raised here in OC. Um, I'm into you know water sports. Uh, surfing, sport, being outside basically any day, every day for everything. Um, if I was, you know, raised in Chicago, like some of you or Missouri or wherever, you know, I wouldn't be like that. I wouldn't even be the person I am. So I definitely feel like um, where you are raised, who you surround yourself with, whether it's people who, um, you know, actually have goals and are ambitious and motivated to do well in life or people who are just kind of going day by day, you're kind of prone to um, go one of those ways. I mean, I have friends who are so motivated, having, you know, amazing jobs. Also other friends who haven't quite found what they want to do yet. And I definitely feel more ambitious and motivated when I'm with the people who, you know, have a strong head. So I, I mean, I'm huge about, you know, self-growth and such. So I definitely like this topic that you should surround yourself with people who are going to help you grow and not so much people who are in a you back definitely and one thing i want to say too coming from the uh entertainment scene uh you know actually running doors for a lot of the red carpet events out in hollywood for years one thing i've noticed is that los angeles is a melting pot so many individuals from the east coast or from the south or wherever they migrate out to los angeles to try to make themselves surround themselves uh, around actors or producers in order to get to be that person. And I, I used to always think to myself, should they have stayed where they were born? And did them making that jump to try to be in a place like Los Angeles where everybody is an actress or trying to be an aspiring model or whatever the case is, is it a waste of time? Because the percentage of people that actually make it to be very successful is, is probably less than 1%. You know 
you know, so so it, it always makes me think. But great, great point. I really appreciate you, Chris, on that one as well. Uh, let's go to uh, Tony. I see you, Tony. Go ahead. Uh, great topic. You know, I just want to add a little, you know, alchemy, right? You add a little bit of gold and then the whole thing becomes gold, right? So by putting somebody that's a born leader, and here's where you're going to get nature and nurture, uh, Ricardo, if somebody's born a leader, I don't think their environment's going to change that. They might be a leader in the ghetto. They might be a leader, you know, on Wall Street. I think that would really hammer home your point that I don't think that changes. So I've seen, I'm a born leader. And so when I go to places and I see there's two lines for food, say on a Hollywood set, right? It's lunchtime and everybody's in one line. And I thought, why is everybody in one line when there's another line and nobody's over there? Well, no leader went over and started that line. So I walked over and I started that line and both lines were full. And that changed my perspective on life. And, you know, my ex went to Princeton and, and my current's at Yale and, and one of my students is at Harvard and I'm taking some classes at Harvard. So I learned that Ivy League schools train leaders and undergrads train followers to be the best at that. And then I always say the high school dropouts start the company that becomes a multi-billion dollar company because they didn't want to follow the system. They think outside of the box, right? That's generalizing. But my point for you, Ricardo, is definitely, I don't think you're going to change a leader and a follower. I think that is innate in your nature. And then if you add a little al alchemy, you put a preacher or somebody that's sober into an environment like a jail system, they could have a good shot at healing that particular group of people in that area, in that jail, so that when they get out of jail, they could go be better people. And I've seen that happen again and again and again and again, where one little person came and brought some love and some life and some education, and they all shared it in the community and the community cleaned itself up. Right. And I'll end with this. I used to throw a lot of house parties before we threw Hollywood parties with Damian. If you kept your house neat, you had an amazing, sophisticated party and it was clean. But if you threw a rager and you were letting people break windows and your house was messy when someone walked in, they're going to follow suit and they're going to trash your house. So our environment, wherever that may be, we need to keep our environment clean. We need right. to respect ourselves and our environment. And I guarantee you our alchemy will be that our followers will keep our environment clean as well. We just have to be the leaders. And I think everyone on this call is a born leader. I really do. I think you've been called to, 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 to assemble with other leaders. But we're going to reach the followers and it's our job to inspire them to learn, listen and love. And right. if that's helped anybody, please share that message. I love it, Tony. I've known Tony for like over 20 years, Tony, and I appreciate you being a part of the parlay. Um, thank you, man, for, for your words there as well. Amika, I see you raising your hand. You got it. All right. Um, yeah, I wanted to respond to your second question. Um, because in community or in, in today's age, it seems like people are more worried about looking up, you know, and surrounding themselves with somebody that will inspire them and we don't take time to look down and say, who can I bring with me, right? Yep. Yep. Um, but I think the important thing is back in the days, you used to have people bring, you know, young men as apprentices, as, you know, take them on board as mentors, right? And teach them how, they did things, you know, there's, um, there's a class that I used to run when I was at ASU that would go teach kids how to tie their shoes and how to tie ties, you know, and, and polish your shoes, how to properly polish your shoes. And those are things that you see that died off slowly because we're also busy in this race to get inspired and become big and take over. Yeah. Um, but I also think it's important to understand who you are and your ability and be comfortable with who you are before you go back into, let's say, a toxic environment or to help others. It's just like when you're on the plane, they say, put your mask on first before you help others. I think that's that's pretty important, you know, because if you're gonna go back into that neighborhood that you just left to try to rescue people, right. make sure that you don't get distracted in the process, make sure that you understand who you are and your ability and you're trying not to do more than you can. Yeah. And I agree um, with that. You yeah. got you to gotta have a strong, you got to have a strong foundation for yourself. You know, if you do uh, tend to walk through those, uh, that jungle, I, I, I will say so. Definitely. Yeah. 
Yeah. So it, it, it's basically like an alcoholic. See, you're really sober, sober. You can't go hang out with people that are drinking, you know, to try to rescue them. You're going to end up drinking. Right, you know? right, so right. Drink it again. That's well, okay. <laughs> no, that, that's great. That's a great word. Yeah. Thank, thank you, Amiko, on that one. Uh, and one thing I want to say, I mean, when I was in high school, um, I was in FBLA, which stood for Future Business Leaders of America. And, I, you know, I used to wonder, you know, why am I in typing classes, you know, in high school, ninth grade, 10th grade, 11th grade, 12th grade, all my friends were going to lunch. I was, you know, my mom and my dad were so tight with Miss Hawkins, which was my typing teacher. She was an African-American uh, teacher. And she was like, you know, hey, I'm going to take Damian. I'm going to groom him. And to be honest with you, I type about 150 to 175 words a minute now because of Miss Hawkins and because of my parents having me in those classes, um, me being in future business leaders of America, in which I'm typing business letters, um, learning how to write letters, it's helped me tremendously with my job now with, with uh, State Farm, you know, in the, in the, in the whole in insurance industry. So things that I, that they placed me in and that I was surrounded around have really grow like groomed me to who I am today and being able to start companies like par like the parlay and, and and get my contact Ricardo who also used to work at State Farm with me as well um and V and 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 everybody so it's to the point to where you know I met I met V we go back to our Hollywood events that we used to do you know she was major 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 um assistant uh to my business partner um, and so now V is a part of the parlay as well. So thank you for that. AD, AD, just a quick question. Yeah. Does that explain your, how fast you text too? Cause like sometimes I'll get a text from you and like, with, I'm not even like done getting it. And there's like, boom, boom, like three yeah. or four. I'm like, damn, dude. Well, you let me, let me, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's a great question, Ricardo. I appreciate you on that one. <laughs> but actually my MacBook pro is linked to my iPhone. So now, you know, sometimes I'm typing you a text from my computer, which means that I'm typing extremely fast. Yeah. <laughs> <All right. laughs> that's a good one, man. That's a good one. Ruth, I see you raising your hand. Go ahead. Oh, okay. So the nature and nurturer. I want to go back to what Tony was saying. Um, there are just born leaders, such as myself. Like you just Tony, know. You it. Mean like, Tony. Oh yeah, Tony. I got you. Tony. So like you know, you your parents know it. Like my mom. I don't know if y'all know, but Janice is my mom. Well, I know Damian. I know that. I know <laughs> but, that. But you listen to how she speak. You think about how she raised me. I mean, I, I do believe that I, I'm a born leader and she can chime in on this if she wants to. But it's like she saw something in me that she knew. And she, and, and, but then there was also nurture. It's like you need both. It's almost like you can't be like one or the other. It's like you need both. You got to have something in you to push you. They talking about going back to communities, you know, where they hug my communities, where I came from to where I am today. Like I could not walk in corporate America without my mom's advice, my dad's advice. Yeah. You know, like when I'm going through things, I call them, they nurture me. Definitely. They nurture me every step of the way, the same thing I'm doing for my sons. But at the end of the day, I was a born leader. I was born to lead, you know what I mean? So. It only, it just takes the extra nurturing to guide. You need the guide. Nurturer, I think, is the guidance. You know what I mean? You got to have something in you. Because even if you turned out to be a crackhead and then you turned around and became um, a, a, recover, a recovering, you know, narcotic abuser, because let's call it, because I got that in my family. So I know what it is. I didn't been to meetings with them to support them. So... If so, and then and now you're you're changing your community, and now you're giving back to the those people. They were born leaders, but they had to get nurtured into. It had to be somebody, you know what I mean, that came to them and said, "Hey, I see more in you than what you're doing right now." So it had to be some nurturing in the process, is what I'm trying to get to. Like, yeah, there's natural born leaders. There's also not natural born leaders where nurturing can come in. There's also natural born leaders where nurturing come in and make you skyrocket. Right, right. So that 
was like I wanted like when I really thought about it, I was like it's not really nature or nurturer. Actually, I believe that we all need both. Yeah, yeah, no, that's 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 great stuff, man. This topic is is, is taking off. We're on our last ten minutes here before eight o'clock. It, yeah. it it flew. Oh, oh, Logan, I see you raising your hand, Logan. I, I see you. I see you physically raising your hand. Go ahead, Logan. Go ahead. But um, basically, like I, I agree with you guys. Uh, kind of go to the religious aspect. Like I grew up Christian, Palm Springs area. Um, I'm agnostic now. I, I still like. I, I believe in spirituality and everything like that. But I believe there's less difference in religion than there is, or yeah, the, I believe there's more similarity than there is differences. You know, you think of karma, you think of reap what you sow. I mean, you see very similar characteristics in all these religions. So, you know, kind of go back to what Ricardo said, you know, it is, might be tribalism, but it also might be just people explaining their version of what God, they think God is, you know. And um, I believe that, you know, nurture, it, it's very important in the very beginning aspects of your life. It teaches you how to nurture others. And if you even if you like you know sway in life and like you become addicted to something i believe then you'll maybe you'll lean more towards that nature instinct uh like you'll your impulses will kind of take over and you're going to do what you feel is right and it might not be right but because your headspace isn't in the correct area either because of ptsd trauma addiction you know, you're just going to do what you think is right. And until you get back into that nurture mindset of, okay, I can take care of myself, but I can also take care of someone else. Then, you know, you're going to be stuck in this like spiral. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good stuff. Good, good, good stuff. I appreciate your uh, response there. Others, others. Um, I, I do see the Millers on here as well. Brittany, are you there? I see you. You guys are listening in. Okay. All right. Then, so, then, yeah, I had a question. Yeah, Terry, about, go ahead, Terry. Know, uh, we put out something that I think is significant about being a, a born leader. And you talk about spirituality. If you are a born leader, is there not some connection with your creator for you to be a born leader? Is there something you realize spiritually? that exists for you to achieve and do what you are going to achieve if you are born leader. That means if you're born, there's something with you before you come into this world. And I'd like to get some feedback as to the thoughts of the panel. Yeah, that's good. Oh, I, Logan, I see you. Yeah, I think it could just be someone that inspired you. I mean, I don't necessarily think that it has to be a a God figure, I can, I think it could just be someone that, you know, you looked up to, whether it be a male or female figure that, you know, you saw, like, you know, you, you want to replicate your life on, you know, you, you kind of want to follow that path that they had. And so, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't necessarily think it has to be a God figure. Gotcha. All right. Say. All right. Tony, I see you raising your hand. Go ahead, Tony. I couldn't let it go. Uh, Terry, man, Moses, 80 years old, didn't want to be a leader. God said, you got to lead these people into the desert. He didn't want to do it. He had to be a leader. Was he a leader by nature or was he chosen by God? That's another one I want to throw out there, but it's in the Bible and he was old. Yeah. So take that, you know, for those <laughs> that believe. <laughs> good stuff, good stuff. Ruth, I see you raise your hand. Appreciate you, Tony, on that one. Go, go, go ahead, Ruth. I do believe that it has to be some godly, inspiration in you because with that comes faith faith goes without seeing so you're believing 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 in yourself knowing that you are forgiven knowing that you can create right all those things come from spirituality all those things come true. from the bible true you know knowing that there's a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow what does that mean does that really mean that there's like money like at the end of the rainbow no it means that that journey across that rainbow all those colors gets you to the treasure oh man it could oh. be all internal 
I see you. I see you, Ruth. I, I, it could I, not I, mean nothing. And I'm getting goosebumps saying it. It could <laughs> not mean nothing about <laughs> um, all the like things you've been through. It could all mean that that's all a journey all to journey. reach the height of, it could mean nothing about external. It could mean nothing about financial. It could mean nothing about materialistic right that stuff just kind of comes with the territory of leadership it kind of just comes right with you fixing you the the part at the end of the rainbow could be truly internal right wow and actually there's scriptures that follows those but that's okay i i because i can get deep but i'm gonna leave um that to the next speaker (laughs) it's it's easier for a camel to get through the eye of a needle than it is for yep. a rich man to get into heaven. There you go. There, there, there you go. Uh oh. Uh oh. I, I heard that, that was actually like mistranslated, but I don't know. That's I heard that a while ago. I don't know. Oh man, here, here we go. Right, Amika, I, I see you. Go, go ahead, Amika. And, and I wanted to chime into what she said because I think a lot of times we think of spirituality and we forget that we live in the world, right? We live in a physical universe. So the spirituality could be somebody awakening something in you. It could be a, a relationship with a person that shows you like this is your abilities, right? Yeah. I, I used to be insanely terrified of like public speaking. I still am, you know, um, but it took like somebody to, to say, hey, you're not. Like this is what you need. These are the key things that you should do, you know, right. um, for me to become that, right? So for me, I feel like spirituality, as far as the world is concerned, is that is that relationship, that life-changing relationship that you have with people you meet, you encounter in the world, be them angel or spirits or friends. I think that's 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 how I look at spirituality, right? It's you need those people that will bring out the best in you. And those are like whether it's God sent or you know, whatever you want to call it. That's that's yeah. I wanted to just throw that in right there. Gotcha, gotcha. Appreciate you, Mika. Johnice, Johnice, I see you. Well, I don't know who I want to piggyback on, but <laughs> let me let me say this. So God knew us, God knows us before when we were just a seed in our mother's stomach. It tells you that in the Bible. We're all born with a specific gift for that person. It's up to the you yourself to figure out what your special gift is. And you can do nature, nurture, you can be a mentor, or you can, or whatever, whatever is set for you. Most of the time, we don't know what we're here to do until we start doing things to find it. Right, right. And that, and that's, that part of you will enhance naturally. Yeah. Naturally, whether you, I don't think everybody's born to be a leader. I think that was a part of you that may have been there. You didn't, because I didn't learn to speak. I'm like the other person, Amir. I was afraid to speak in public speaking, but it the nurturing in me and, and God's help, I'm going to tell you now, I am spiritually grounded, taught me to be able to speak to people who needed to be spoke to. I was in a, I went to the grocery store and I never thought I'd ever pray for a person in public because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a silent person and I used to do everything in my little closet as they call it, but it's my spiritual room. This lady asked me, I said, I looked at her for some reason. I told myself, whatever you, I don't even know this woman, whatever you're going through, God sees you and you're going to be okay. And she stood there and said, could you pray with me? We in Walmart, it's crowded. I'm, I'm in line and I'm looking at the line behind me. And then, you know, my natural personality was like, oh no, can we just go out to the side? No, this woman grabbed both my hands and I had to pray for her right then and there. Wow. So wow. I, that was a part of me that was there. I didn't even know it was there. Wow. Wow, that's powerful. I mean, I'm this parlay, I, I think I'm getting goosebumps and this is the first time ever on a parlay, I'm getting goosebumps. Um, Appreciate you there. Ricardo, I see you raising your hand and uh, we're like eight o'clock. We're right on dot, but Ricardo, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, I read once that somebody explained, and I forgot who it was who said it, that we're not in this world to understand that we're here to survive it. And I think that just points out to just our nature to, you know, strive for survival. And 
you know, like I said, we, we do a lot of irrational things. You know, we talked about like the fear of public speaking. It's, it's an irrational fear. Like I had it too. Like I consider myself an introvert that, who has learned to be more extroverted. But I remember like when I had to speak in public, I was, what I was afraid of was that people would know that I was nervous. Makes no sense, you know? Um, and it was just, it's, it's irrational. And I, I just think that we're more emotional and irrational than, than we would like to think. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, 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 I know that when I was five years old, um, my mom can capitalize on this. She, she's in the parlay as well, but I, I jumped on stage. I think I was in preschool and um, <laughs> I had to recite some kind of a message in front of a huge audience. And I, I, I ran off stage the moment I saw everybody, but now put me in front of a thousand people, a million people, uh, I'll get on stage and knock them dead. So Roof, I see you raising your hand. I'm gonna do quick, cause I know we 801, look. Oh yeah. One of the things that I wrote on every mirror in my house, and this changed my entire life, every mirror in the house. And this is what Ricardo was touching on and I love it. Um, you have to learn to control your thoughts and your emotions. I had to like instill that in myself. It made me grow so much because emotions can really wreck you. You know, your thoughts and your emotions can wreck you, you know, but if you learn to control that, you know, you're sensible. Yeah. And you know that, hey, I may be overreacting and you're able to catch it and to control it like that change the whole game for your entire being emotions i mean we all go through so many things right yeah and we all build brick walls i actually think that we all are born good people yeah. you know when you're first born you're you don't know anything you haven't experienced anything you're born good people but over time you build brick walls, you build things, things happen to you, right? And then you have to learn once you get to the maturity age of that age where you know, to break it down, start yeah. breaking it down, learn to control your thoughts and your emotions. Very, very important in, in living. I love it, I love it. I'll, I'll, just, I'll just say one last thing. How irrational are we? We vote against our interests a lot of times just so that our side can win. <laughs> <laughs> there it is so everyone you know 100 percent. go yeah. cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> that oh, tells no. you that what true. ricardo is saying is so true yeah because i was five yeah. years old as a fan and it's still today like and i'm i know it's hard it's hard for me but he's so right you're right ricardo i yeah. love your perspective ricardo <laughs> yep so everybody you know what an amazing parlay this was absolutely amazing I, I was I was uh when Ricardo had presented this topic to me I, I knew it was going to be something special I, I wanted to hear what other individuals were saying about it and and wow it, it it took off um one hour every Tuesday 6 p.m to 7 p.m Pacific Standard Time um and and, and we love for you your friends to join us anytime if you want to just listen in I see one of my neighbors, Annabelle, he's listening in. I see you, Annabelle. Um, I also see Sammy on here, Jen Jenny. Uh, welcome as well. Patrice, I, I hear you listening in as well, my, mo my mother. So um, big shout outs and the Millers as well, and Evan. But this is what it's all about. You know, we all learn, all get a different perspective. We get, we, we learn, we just build, knowledge is power. Um, and this is what it's all about. One thing I do wanna have a couple of drops here. Once again, if you are not following us, uh, please be sure to connect with us on social media at parlayallday.com. It's in the chat. Uh, we are on, on LinkedIn. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on all of that. Thanks to V. And we really appreciate V. She does amazing posts that are absolutely encouraging and uplifting each and every week. Amazing. Um, and once again, Ricardo, do you want to say anything about the actual Parlay podcast that just launched? I want to make sure everybody is connected to that because the, the the stories are real. Go go ahead, Ricardo. I just want to say that we, you know we're really excited about it, and 
Um, if we don't have your email yet, uh, please, you know, uh, be sure to subscribe to our newsletter because we will be dropping some information regarding the episodes as they are released. Exactly. And then and, and to get on our newsletter, it's parlayallday.com. Simple. Just put your email inside of the uh, newsletter link and then you're connected from there. Um, so, so we're so happy to, to have everybody. We, we hope that you guys have a wonderful and uh, blessed rest of the week. And uh, remember, on, my, on behalf of myself, Ricardo and V, to parlay all day. Tony, I see you, everybody. I see you, Ruth. Appreciate you guys for joining. And uh, have a safe and wonderful rest of the week. Stay safe, everyone. We'll see you next week on Tuesday. Thank you. All right now. Take care. Bye-bye. Incredible. Incredible. Great times. <laughs>